Seas to start there on my best day in the clash with Rock the Casbar at quarter past eight, the full English breakfast show. Now, as we know, Sarah, some marriages don't always work out, but typically they make it beyond the wedding day. Uh, that wasn't the case for one couple in Baghdad as they topped the record for the fastest divorce case in Iraq this year after calling it quits during the reception. Uh, the groom ended the marriage after his wife played a provocative song during the celebrations. Uh, Gulf News says the tune, uh, Messe Tara by Lamis Khan, includes some questionable lyrics, uh, with the song name itself translating to I am dominate, I am dominance, or I will control you. <laughs> the first part of the song translates to roughly I am dominance, you will be ruled under my strict instructions. I will drive you crazy if you look at other girls on the streets. Yes, I'm dominant. You're my piece of sugar. As long as you're with me, you'll walk under my command. I'm arrogant. I'm arrogant. Oh, dear. Apparently, the groom's family also considered the bride dancing to the beat of the song a provocation. It caused a row, and they ended the marriage while still at the wedding hall. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Apparently, it's not the first time a marriage has ended over this controversial song. Uh, during a wedding last year, a Jordanian man called off the marriage when his bride danced to the song. But it isn't the most bizarre divorce-related story. Last year, a man married his rice cooker, but divorced it four days later. Didn't you have something about something married, a woman marrying something on? She married her a tree, didn't she? She married a tree? She married a tree. Oh, well, that's quite recent. Oh, and really. the colour pink. No, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. There's a woman that married the colour pink. Might not be a bad idea to, uh, to marry a tree. Shelter from a storm. And no answering back. It's 17 minutes past eight. And now it's time for Woofer of the Week on 106.5 Riviera Radio. Good morning, Sarah and Rob. Well, today we have a little one-year-old hunting terrier looking for a fabulous new home. His name is Sun, as in sunshine, and he is black and tan. He weighs about 10 kilos, so a small dog. He gets on with other dogs and he even gets on with cats. He loves people, but he can be a little bit fearful, so the shelter wants to avoid very small children, please. He is affectionate and close to his humans, so he will hate being left alone for too long each day. His future owners can live in an apartment as long as he gets daily walks to drain his youthful energy. And he is currently at the shelter in Mujan. And to make an appointment to meet him, you can call them on 0493654411. And you can also email them. And the email address is spa, S-P-A dot grass, G-R-A-S-S-E, at orange.fr. Have a lovely day. That was Woofer of the Week. For more details about this week's Woofer, go to the 106.5 Riviera Radio page on Facebook or our website at rivieraradio.mc. Woofer of the Week on 106.5 Woof Viera Radio. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. Guardian says Boris Johnson's brace for the most perilous 48 hours of his premiership with exasperated Conservative MPs due to see an official report into Downing Street passes that has now triggered a criminal inquiry. And in this morning's Le Monde, Russia and Ukrainian officials are set to meet in Paris today for talks with their French and German counterparts in a bid to defuse tensions. Die Welt says the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and French President Emmanuel Macron embraced talks with the Kremlin as a means to de-escalate the crisis. At the same time, they said Russia would pay a high price if it attacks Ukraine. 
and in the Figaro, rescue crews have worked through the night to save thousands of stranded motorists in Greece and Europe's busiest airport in Istanbul and was forced to close as a snowstorm caused travel chaos for Mediterranean countries. BBC World Service News, live from London coming up. This is the Full English Breakfast Show in association with Air France. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco and JPV Fréjus. Boost your business with the electrified range by BMW. Find all the BMW Business Drive offers at your car dealer. Is it two hat-tricks in a row? It certainly is. You're doing okay. very well this week. Things going threes. Question number one. On this day in 1991, Queen had their second UK number one hit with Innuendo. At 6 minutes 30 seconds, it exceeded Bohemian Rhapsody by 35 seconds and became the third longest UK number one song of all time, behind which Beatles song? In ways of length. Hey Jude. Correct. Uh, Question number two. Born on this day in 1958, US soul singer Anita Baker... It's her birthday today. Uh, she had the 1986 UK number 13 single. What was it? Sorry, what? Anita Baker. 86? 86. Is it Sweet Love? Correct. And finally, on this day in 1973, a Sweet were at number one in the UK oh. with their only UK number one. Oh. What was the track? Oh. I'm going to say the wrong one, I'm sure. Don't to think, don't to call a friend, phone a friend. Alan Roberts, he'll know. <laughs> um... Is it Blockbuster? It's, oh! Yes! <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, Another hat trick. Yeah. It's not my favourite sweet song, I must say. Teenage Rampages, but uh, yeah, here's Blockbuster anyway. Riviera Radio. Business. Morning. Good morning. Someone left a cake out in the rain. <laughs> I don't think that I could take it. You've got such a lovely voice, haven't you? I mean, you should use it more often. I, I really enjoy it when you bring to life the story of the day in song. I mean, you're like a, yeah, like the court jester of old, aren't you? <laughs> Being able to, perhaps you should show up on uh, on Westminster today and, and, and provide a bit of light entertainment for it. It's set to be another dramatic day. I mean, these Wednesdays are coming thick and fast, aren't they? Another set of PMQs to get through. You can imagine waking up knowing that's on the agenda for the day. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not the way to live your life, is it? They'd probably have a couple of glasses of claret and just get stuck in, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I've run out of popcorn. I'll have to go to the supermarket on the way home and get some more. But, um, you know, it's thrown a whole different light on things. Now he's having his collar felt by the rosas, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you, the idea of a, a sitting prime minister sort of being investigated for breaking the law is not the type law is not the uh, type of headlines that you'd be looking for by any means. Well, wait and see. Don't call him a dead duck yet, because it's no, by no means certain that he will face a vote of no confidence, and uh, there's quite a lot of support in the Conservative Party. So as I say, but it, prime minister's questions at least. Uh, should be pretty interesting today. Lots of debate around whether that report will be published today as well and the the ramifications of that. I saw yesterday, it seems to have changed, because yesterday there was some debate as to whether the investigation by the police would mean that the report being published would be delayed potentially for weeks, but it appears that's not the case. Well, somebody, apart from Dominic Cummings, has got it in for him because this drip, drip, drip of bad news coming out just doesn't stop. So you just imagine that even if he manages to survive this episode, there'll be more revelations to come out later. Uh, anyway, I think people are getting a little bit bored of it. Well, maybe not. I mean, the media like it and stuff, but when I talk to people, I'm like, mm, you know, let's move on. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, right. Markets uh, fell back again on Tuesday in Wall Street, but uh, European markets were up yesterday. Somewhat of a nervous session for global equity markets. US stocks failed to replicate the recovery registered on Monday with uh, benchmark indexes closing negative territory. Uh, US dip buyers failed to turn the tide. S&P 500 closed down 1.2%. NASDAQ was down 2.3%. The reality is investors, of course, remain in risk-off mode as the Fed turns its attention from promoting growth to fighting inflation. Russia failed us so far to back down over its stance on Ukraine, of course. On the corporate front, it was interesting what we heard from Microsoft. Microsoft shares actually down in after-hours trading. I think they're offering about 6% and then did stage a recovery. There's perhaps some early concern around its sales levels at Azure. That's its corporate cloud computing services division, which fell short of expectations. But I think in after-hours markets had a bit of time to digest the fact that revenue topped the 50 billion mark for the first time in a single quarter profits exceeded estimates for 12th straight quarter so uh, perhaps uh, spend a bit of time digesting that and reappraise their 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 initial thoughts on the headlines so microsoft providing some stability uh, into the session today opening calls on the european boards is certainly looking positive this morning currently calling the footsie up 69 points that's over in frankfurt up 81 points catcon in paris up 53 points all eyes on the fed today of course hank with uh, the central bank announcing its latest uh, policy decisions probably a timetable for rate rises and an outlook for inflation as well yeah i think three major things to focus on today number one the timing and the size of the rate hikes Number two, the pace for winding down the asset purchase program. Number three, the timetable for balance sheet runoff. We look for the Fed to send a signal that the first rate hike is likely to occur in March. In the FOMC statement, we expect the committee to conclude that the economy is at full employment and that it will be soon be appropriate to raise the policy rate. In terms of the size of the hike in March, debate over whether we'll see a quarter or half of a point increase. We still think 25 basis points is more likely. Remember, the Fed don't like to surprise markets with aggressive heights. More likely, if anything, to add, I think, a further 25 basis point height later in the year than lead off with 50 basis points if it feels like it's falling behind the curve. Expectations are, we should remember, that inflationary pressures will still ease as we go through the course of this year. So 50 basis points will be viewed as panic. In terms of asset purchases, Fed are expected to let its asset purchases end in mid-March as scheduled, although some members may call for a quicker termination. So there is a risk that the Fed could amplify its March liftoff signal by announcing that purchases will end at the January meeting. And markets on the final point will be awaiting clues as to the timing of the balance sheet runoff, which I think is expected to show it will begin soon after the rate liftoff. We think July is possible and the pace of the runoff will be faster than we've seen in previous cycles. And the IMF has uh, cut its global growth forecast, although Boris Johnson will be very keen to tell everybody we have the fastest growth rate in the G7, <laughs> Mr Speaker. You'll certainly be hearing that today, I believe, at uh, PMQs. The IMF citing weaker prospects for the US and China, along with persistent inflation, for downgrading its prospects for the global economy. They're still talking about growth of 4.4% during the course of this year. That's down from its previous estimate of 4.9%. They have increased its 2023 forecast to 3.8%. But how, if you look at the cumulative expansion over the two years, it'll still be 0.3 percentage points 
less than their previous forecast. They're talking about reduced spending expectations from the Biden administration, the impact of the slump they've seen in the property market in China for part of the reasons why we'll see a weaker growth profile. Omnicron, they said, would weigh on growth in Q1, but expects a negative impact of fade starting in Q2. Supply disruptions have taken longer to resolve, but sees the faster pace of cost of living increases gradually easing later this year. In terms of some of the headline numbers, got the US at 4%, China at 4.8%. India, they think, will be the fastest growing major economy with growth close to 9% this year. Foreign exchanges, please. Pound against dollar coming in at 135 this morning. Euro dollar coming in at 113. You can get €1.19.5 for your British pound this morning. Thank you very much. Try not to get ambushed by cake. <laughs> Will do. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy your day. Talk to you tomorrow. Hang Potts from Barclays. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lysa has the top stories across the Riviera. The regional health agency has confirmed that the Omicron variant is now the dominant strain of COVID in the Provence-Alpes-Côte d'Azur, with its circulation the highest it's ever been in the region. In a statement, the agency confirmed that the Omicron variant is found in 95% of cases. The instant rate for the region has reached 3,904 COVID cases per 100,000 inhabitants in the PACA, and the regional average is higher in the Outmarad team, standing at 4,208 and 3,691 in the VAR. 327 patients are currently hospitalised in the Outmarad team due to COVID. That's compared to 16 last week, and there were 194 deaths recorded in one week. Since the beginning of the epidemic, COVID has caused 2,501 deaths in the Outmara team and 2,379 in the VAR. In Monaco, 99 new cases of COVID were identified on Tuesday, bringing the total number of residents affected to 7,790. 54 people are currently in hospital and 368 are being followed by the Home Monitoring Centre. On a national level in France, another new record in the number of COVID cases has been reached, with just over 500,000 being identified in the last 24 hours. 30,189 people are currently admitted to hospital, a figure that had not been reached since April 2021. 3,741 of these patients are currently in critical care. Meanwhile, the French health minister, Olivier Véran, has said that 9 million people could lose their vaccination pass on February the 15th if they don't act. And the rules for the vaccination pass change on that date, with the time to have uh, had a booster dose being reduced from seven months to four months after the last injection. The health minister said that there are millions of appointment slots available and that those affected by the change uh, shouldn't wait until the last minute. In other news this morning, unions at EDF are on strike today in protest against the government's measures to contain electricity prices. EDF's state shareholder has decided to increase the share of production, which the EDF must resell at low cost to its competitors. The move is causing concern from employees who are worried about the group. A few months ahead of the presidential election, it's a sensitive subject for the French government, which absolutely wants to stem the rise in electricity to 4% instead of 44.5%. 
According to a recent study carried out by Opinion Way, uh, the French are becoming more right-wing in their political views. The study showed that 32% of French people now declare themselves right-wing. That's compared to 26% back in 2017. 11% claim to be far-right, and on the other side of the political spectrum, 17% say they are left-wing, and 6% are far-left. 14% rather consider themselves in the centre. However, while they are positioning themselves more to the right than five years ago, the French are at the same time more hostile than ever to economic liberalism. 73% of them believe that the current economy benefits the bosses at the expense of those who work, and 57% believe that to establish social justice, we should take from the rich to give to the poor. In local news, an investigation is currently underway concerning 15 vehicles which were set alight in a parking lot in La Trinité in Nice. Police believe the act to be criminal. The fire occurred shortly after 1am on Tuesday in a parking lot of a car mechanic's garage. The vehicles were totally destroyed and nobody was injured in the incident. The Monaco government statistics agency, IMSI, has published its latest report on the real estate market here in the Principality. It said that the price per square metre shows a clear increase in 2021 and for the first time exceeds the symbolic amount of €50,000 to approach €52,000. It has increased by nearly 75% in 10 years. Concerning the different areas of Monaco, the most expensive area was Monte Carlo, with Fonvieille not far behind. The lowest-priced area was the Jardin, Jardin Exotique. And finally, Nice International Airport has announced the return of a direct flight from Nice to Montreal. Operated by Air Canada from May the 13th to October the 28th, there'll be three weekly flights on Wednesdays, Fridays and Sundays. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Well, maybe Robin Hood should stand uh, for the French presidential election. Why not? Might do quite well. Uh, tennis, Matteo Berrettini of Italy will play Rafael Nadal in the semi-finals of the Australian Open. Berrettini beat the French 17th seed Gael Monfils in the quarterfinals, while Nadal overcame Denis Shapovalov in five sets, with the Canadian complaining that Nadal had been given preferential treatment. In the women's event, Elise Cornet of France is out after losing in straight sets to Danielle Collins of the United States. Uh, Collins will play Iga Sviatek in the semi-finals. She beat Kai Kanepi in three sets early this morning. Out on court at the moment is the men's quarter-final between Stefanos Sipsitas and Yannick Sinner. Uh, Sipsitas took the first set 6-3 and he's 2-1 up in the seconds. Football. Watford have appointed Roy Hodgson as their new manager following the sacking of Claudio Ranieri. Yep, here are the details from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Paul Serres at the BBC Sports Centre. The Liverpool forward Sadio Mane scored as Senegal beat nine-man Cape Verde 2-0 in the last 16 of the Africa Cup of Nations, but was then forced off with concussion. The details from John Bennett. Sadio Mane, Liverpool star, had a really nasty head clash with the Cap Verde goalkeeper. Mane looked knocked out. You could see the whites of his eyes as he fell to the ground, hit his head on the floor. The Cap Verde goalkeeper was struggling to walk straight. It was really uncomfortable to watch. The keeper was sent off. Cap Verde went down to nine men at that stage. Moments later, Sadio Mane scored the opening goal in the 2-0 win. Lovely finish. But then he went down again, holding his head, looking dizzy, and he eventually was subbed off. You wonder if he should have been taken off 
straight after the head injury. Watford have appointed Roy Hodgson as their new manager. The 74-year-old former England, Liverpool and Crystal Palace boss replaces Claudio Ranieri, who was sacked on Monday. He'll be tasked with securing Premier League survival as Watford sit 19th in the table, two points from safety. As our football reporter Sani Rudravajala explains, he joins a long list of managers employed by the club since the Pozzo family took over. Yeah, it's 15 now since the Pozzo family took over in 2012. That's when they sacked Sean Dyche, who's gone on to achieve Premier League stability with Burnley. This is the third manager of this season after Cisco Munoz brought Watford back into the Premier League. Then they went with Claudio Ranieri and now with uh, Roy Hodgson. 74 years old, by the way, four years older than the man he replaces. Manchester United's Anthony Martial will join Sevilla on loan for the rest of the season, subject to a medical. There is no option to buy and no loan fee, but the Spanish club will cover the striker's wages. He told boss Ralph Rangnick he wanted a change of scenery. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Why to the rescue? Watford Woy. <laughs> now, now, don't be naughty. Uh, in the English Championship last night, Birmingham and Peterborough drew 2-2. Coventry beat Stoke 1-0. Luton beat Bristol City 2-1. Nottingham Forest were 3-0 winners over Barnsley. And uh, I put the kiss of death on QPR. I said might look good for promotion as they were lurking in fourth place with two games in hand on Blackburn in second. But they could only manage a goalless draw against Swansea last night. One game in the Scottish Premiership last night, St Mirren beat Aberdeen 1-0. And in Rugby Union, England's preparations for the Six Nations have been further disrupted after Joe Marler tested positive for coronavirus and there was a fire at the team hotel. Uh, the squad was forced to switch hotels after fire broke out of their base in Bryson, while Marler has gone into isolation for a week following his positive COVID test. In addition, Johnny May will miss the first two Six Nations games with a knee injury, while Owen Farrell is out with an ankle injury, and Courtney Laws has been unable to train because of concussion. Do you ever watch uh, Michael McIntyre's The Wheel? Oh, don't. My mother was <laughs> banging on about that the other night. She wanted to watch it. I've, I've watched it... Many moons ago, but jo- I watched it recently. Joe Marler was on uh, a couple oh, of weeks oh, ago. Was he? Yeah, and uh, I, I'd never really heard him speak before, but he actually sounds like a pretty nice bloke. Fun enough, because he looks like a gorilla, doesn't he? Really. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Almaracim and the VAR. The general situation is high pressure, 1,030 millibars over the region. Winds are variable, force 1 to 3, the sea is calm, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at saint jean cap ferrat 1,031 millibars. And the outlook for Thursday, clear skies, force 1 to 3, variable winds, calm seas and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are variable, force 1 to 3, the sea is calm, visibility is good, barometric pressure at Cap Corse, 1,030 millibars. And the outlook for Thursday, clear skies, force 1 to 3, variable winds, calm seas and good visibility. I was actually feeling guilty when I was was saying, why am I I watching this? My wife was saying, what are you watching this rubbish for? That's a little bit of light entertainment. You know, after my Saturday nights are ruined throughout the winter months with Strictly Come Dancing. Riviera Radio. Weather. Uh, mainly fine, light variable winds, temperatures 12 to 14 degrees, overnight lows 5 to 6 degrees on the coast, minus 1 degree inland with partially cloudy skies. Thursday and Friday, mainly fine, highs of 11 to 14 degrees. Who's the really mean judge on Strictly Come Dancing? There's one of them is... No? Mike's not out. Um, no, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't watch Strictly. You... 
No, I've, I've never watched. You must be the only woman <laughs> no, in the known Strictly. world. No, not it really st- doesn't, doesn't do anything for doesn't me, it Strictly. Really? No. Oh. It reminds me of those awful ballroom dancing programmes oh, they used dancing. to have. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 I was never a great fan. You never even liked it when Bruce Forsyth was doing no, it? No, no, no. Didn't he do well? <laughs> right, finally. Sorry. Uh, a new study has claimed that Kim Kardashian's hourglass figure is more harmful for women's body image than, for example, Kate Moss's thin frame. Researchers in Canada showed women Instagram photos of either slim, thick, thin or fit ideal body types. A slim, thick or hourglass as seen in Kim Kardashian is characterised by a large butt and thighs and small waist and flat stomach. Meanwhile, thin describes slender shapes and flat stomachs and small waists, similar to Kate Moss. And fit describes more toned and athletic female physique. This research has found that women that were exposed to the slim, thick photos experienced more dissatisfaction towards their own weight and appearance than, for example, the Kate Moss thin frame. Well, I never. You're up to date. And the news is on the website, rivieradio.mc. What's your frame, then? Frame. <laughs> oh. In Out, Shake It All About, the hokey-cokey. I don't look in the mirror anymore. <laughs>